Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. This is much, much more than, than women's intuition. It's much more than just that, well, I've got this gut feeling about this individual. You need to understand that the gift of the discerning of spirits is a supernatural urging of the Holy Spirit against something that on the outside appears to be harmless or even helpful. The Spirit warns us of destruction or damage. We all have many voices and influences bombarding our minds and hearts every day. It's not healthy to listen to everything that comes our way, and choosing that which we allow in our life depends on our ability to perceive and understand. In today's message, Pastor David describes this ability, the gift of discernment. This gift enables a believer to utilize an ability greater than their own strength. Now here's Pastor David with part one of today's message entitled, Discerning and Tongues. journey here in the book of 1 Corinthians. We've been in chapter 12 for quite a while now because, again, the the depth of the content of this particular chapter. Over the last several weeks, we've been looking at and dealing with the gifts of the Spirit. I kind of gave you last week kind of a a rehearsal or a a rewind of a lot of the stuff that we spoke about, so I'm not going to do that uh, this evening. We actually find ourselves right in the middle of verse 10 at this time, but I want us to take a look at this whole section in order that we would maintain the context, maintain, again, the understanding of what Paul is saying, not just to a a church in Corinth, but he's saying to you and I today, and really literally to all churches. So I want to begin again, chapter 12, and we'll begin in verse 7, and I'll read down through verse 11. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the workings of miracles. To Stop right there. Did he say by the same Spirit? No, he didn't. Does that mean that it's something different? No. I think in the context of it, he's saying it's, it's all by the same Spirit. He's just not putting that in after everything. Some people 
make much ado about little. I think, again, as he's listing these, he's just saying, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirit, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of the tongues, and then here it is here. Here's where he wraps it all up. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as he wills, each one individually as he wills. If you'll remember, we had talked about, we spoke about the bookends of this section. Actually, verse 7 and verse 11 become the bookends of this whole listing of these gifts of the Spirit. Verse 7, again, the manifestation of the Spirit is what? Given to each one for the profit of all. Verse 11, but one and the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So through these two verses, we reminded that, again, the gifts of the Spirit are freely given by the Holy Spirit, and it says he gives it to each one for the benefit of the whole body. It's the work of the Holy Spirit and he disperses the gifts when and where he determines. Now, again, I want to pound on that every week that we come here, in, at least in covering these uh, three chapters, chapter 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians. It's important enough to the Apostle Paul that out of this one letter to, of two letters to this church, he takes three chapters in dealing with this whole issue of the gifts of the Spirit. He speaks about them in chapter 12. He defines the greatest reason for using these gifts in chapter 13. And then he describes a, the way to use them, the, the methodology, if, if you want to put it that way. But the, again, the best use, uh, the spiritual way to use these things in chapter 14 because there was a lot of abuse in these gifts. So as we're moving along here, the next gift of the Holy Spirit that we're going to be looking at is the discerning of spirits. And some feel that since we have the Word of God, we've got the Bible to test all things, that we really don't need this gift anymore because, again, we've got the Bible to be able to test this stuff. But of course, I think that's the same ones. They, they kind of pick and choose through the gifts, determining pretty much on their own which one of these are still valid for today and which ones have ceased. And we've spoken about that, that, hey, yeah, I, I really want, you know, that gift of pastor and, and teacher. I, I want that, some of the other gifts that are listed in both in Romans and Ephesians. Uh, I want that gift of helps. I want that gift of mercy. Ooh, but that gift of tongues, that one really scares me. These other things, you know, the, these other things, you know, those, I think those are gone. We don't need those anymore. Well, again, I'm, I'm hoping that you, along with I, take an honest, open-minded, open-hearted look at what Paul is saying here. Some believe that, you know, since the last apostle died or the Bible has been canonized, that most of these uh, gifts we don't really need anymore. But the problem is, is uh, which ones do you take out? Which ones do you leave? And again, I believe that all of them are still important for the church today. I believe that all of them are necessary, that God has a use for them. I do not believe that there's anywhere that you can clearly, with true pure what they call exegesis of, of looking at the word in the context of what the word says and declare that God through his holy word is saying that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are no longer valid. I believe that you have to 
pretty well twist it and turn it to make it say that. I'm glad that there's still many within the church that do recognize the need for the gifts, and yet I also know that even within that group, there's such a wide interpretation of, of how to use, what the gift means, and, and how to use them. If you believe that the gifts are still active and they're necessary for today, you may have an understanding or an opinion of the particular usefulness of of one gift or another, the meaning of that gift. But for me, the most direct need for this one gift here, this discerning of the spirits, we actually find by the Apostle John. John tells us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, He says, Beloved, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits, rather they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, we can clearly understand that warning because there's, there's a lot of falseness that, that's going on in the world. The fact is, the spirit of Antichrist and actually the spirit of the flesh, very active, active in the world. And are they act- is it active in the church? Shake your head like this. Because if you don't know, you're going to be very surprised pretty soon if you're not already. The spirit of Antichrist as well as the spirit of the flesh, very active within the church of today. Nearly every letter written to the New Testament church that you find within your word gives a warning about this continuation and the coming deception that's found in the church. That not only that confusion was there, the deception was already there, but it was also going to continue to happen. They understood it the first century church. And all you've got to do is look at the world today, look at the shape of the church today, the power or lack thereof of the church today, and realize, man, there's something that's not quite firing on all eight cylinders, if you will. There's something a little messed up in in what we ought to be and who we ought to be as the church. It was Jesus himself that, that first of all, warned the disciples that this was going to happen. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 7. Actually, go down to verse 15. Matthew 7, verse 15. Jesus speaking to his followers He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? He's warning there. He says, even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you'll know them. Well, Jesus well understood that the enemy of our own souls, he he, he would literally stop at nothing to bring about confusion and division and destruction within the church. One of the ways he does that is to raise up false prophets and deceiving spirits, uh, with, even from within the church. Paul told the elders, the, the elders, the leadership of the church of Ephesus there in Acts, as he's speaking to them, as he's headed to Jerusalem to be arrested, he tells the elders of the church of Ephesus that among some of you, among the leadership, some of you are going to rise up. Again, you're going to bring destruction to the church. So again, this whole idea of the discerning of spirits, how important that is for the church. The problem was present actually way back in the Old Testament. 
Moses warned the people in Deuteronomy chapter 18, and you don't need to turn there, but you can write it down, Deuteronomy 18, verses 20 through 22. Moses says, Moses speaking for the Lord, okay? So this is God speaking through Moses. The prophet who presumes to speak a word by my name or in my name, which I've not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. And the prophet has spoke it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. So there's no doubt the responsibility of the, of the church is, is to, again, to test these men and women. As he said there, man, if a prophet comes in, and I love how it was in the Old Testament. If a prophet came up and said, doesn't know it's going to happen, and it didn't happen, well, the Lord says, well, he's a false prophet. Go ahead and stone him. So I, I kind of still kind of carry that thought in my mind, and that's one of the reasons you'll very seldom hear me ever say, the Lord says this to you, because you know, again, I want to make sure it's not my own heart. Now, the Lord speaks. Don't get me wrong. But there needs to be a discernment when the Lord is speaking. We need to test these things. We need to understand. I can't tell you the number of times really within the life of this church that the Lord has granted that gift of discerning spirits to various individuals. The gift simply is the ability to discern rather the spirit is actually at work either verbally or through nonverbal ways and it's either truly of God or it's either the flesh or even demonic. It can go either way. This is much, much more than, than women's intuition. It's much more than just that, well, I've got this gut feeling about this individual. You need to understand that the gift of the discerning of spirits is a supernatural urging of the Holy Spirit against something that on the outside appears to be harmless or even helpful. The Spirit warns us of destruction or damage. Let me give that to you again because I believe that's the important understanding that you and I need to have on this whole idea of the discerning of spirits. It's a supernatural urging. It's not because somebody came up to me and says, hey, watch out for old Billy Bob over here because again, this is going on. No, it's, it's not a natural thing. It is a supernatural urging. And remember, we spoke about this over the last couple of times that we've shared this. The gifts of the Spirit are not natural. They're not the work of flesh and blood. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the gift of the Spirit. It'd just be, you know, just the wisdom of man. But he speaks very much that, no, these are, again, gifted by the Holy Spirit, a supernatural urging of the Holy Spirit. Again, something that on the outside appears to be harmless and maybe even helpful, but yet there's a check in the Spirit. Something that looks so good, but you know, I'm, I'm just not at peace with that thing. You know, it wasn't too many years ago uh, in this fellowship, and Robert and maybe a couple of others will remember it. Uh, the leadership of the fellowship here, we found out some troubling issues that pretty well pertain to an individual that had recently come into the fellowship. And 
as we were trying to determine, well, how are we going to deal with this situation? Because again, this is something that someone else said to us here in our fellowship. Nothing bad had happened. No issues had come up. But there was this overall feeling, not only words of others, but also just that overall feeling that there was, we needed to check and watch this individual. It wasn't too long that one particular Sunday morning, right after the Sunday morning service, a new believer, somebody who had just recently come to Christ, an adult man, came up and asked if he could speak with me for a moment. I said, certainly, let's sit out or wherever we went. We chatted about it. And he said, hey, listen, I want, I want to let you know that uh, this guy, this new guy that's come into the fellowship, he appeared to be a strong, he appeared to be a, a, a mature believer. And uh, he had approached this new believer and he offered this guy the opportunity to, to mentor him. Hey, you're a new believer. I've been in the Lord for a number of years, man. I'd, I'd like to walk alongside of you and, and mentor you and encourage you in the things of the Lord. However, this new believer said that even as I was talking to this guy, I suddenly got this weird, weird feeling about this guy. And he says, I almost feel guilty about it because, you know, here's this guy who's trying to be nice to me and he's trying to, you know, offer, you know, hey, let me, let me walk the journey with you. And, and I've got this, you know, sudden strangeness going on. And suddenly he was filled with all kinds of anxiety, very, very uneasy, even talking with this guy. And it seemed to happen every time he came in connection with this guy. It was happening. And so he was sharing all this with me on Sunday morning. Well, that was the same guy that, you know, the leadership had had this check on and that we had also heard from another fellowship that there might be problems. So I told a new believer, I told a young guy, I said, you know what? Go with your feelings. Go with your feelings on this because maybe the Lord is speaking to you on that. I believe that the Lord gave that young believer that gift of discerning spirit. Now, did he always have it? I don't think so, just in seeing the guy you know, in later years. But I, I believe that it, it was definitely there at that point in time. That kind of goes back to what we were saying early on in this series. I believe that the Lord can give any of us any of the gifts at any particular time he desires. It's his gift giving to us as he wills. And again, at that point in time, you know, that, that guy didn't need other gifts, but what he did need is that gift of discerning spirits. I, I don't believe that it's by accident that, again, following uh, this whole situation, that uh, not too long after that, the, the troubler left, moved out of, even moved out of the community. He was just checked in those areas. Do we need the gift of discerning of spirits in the church today? I believe absolutely, absolutely, because again, there, I believe particularly in these last days, they're going to become more and more of those times, although I look at the word and it happened in the Old Testament, it happened during Jesus' time, it happened during the first century, and it's still happening today. Why? Because the enemy wants to get in and trip you up any way that he can. Sometimes we just need to pray, Lord, give me discernment in this. Have you ever prayed that? Lord, give me discernment in that? Well, I believe that when the Lord gives us discernment, that's part of that discerning of spirits, a direction, a leading where we should go in these things. 
Well, here we have the gift of discerning of spirits, and it's kind of interesting to note that it's right between two other gifts, the gift of prophecy. It follows the gift of prophecy, which I think is very important. You've got the gift of prophecy, but at the same time, that gift of discerning of spirits. And then it comes in prior to that next one, you know, that troubling one, the gift of tongues, the gift of tongues. Well, I believe also that through the discerning of spirits, that both of those other gifts can be tested too. The gift of prophecy as well as the speaking in tongues, the gift of tongues. This next gift, that the gift of differing tongues, differing kinds of tongues. Undoubtedly, gang, it's the most confusing, most rejected, but the most abused and most understood, I believe, of all of the gifts. First of all, Let's kind of lay aside all the weirdness, okay? There, there's, there's a lot of weirdness that we've seen. We come into this, many of us come into this with a background of either being in a church or in a situation where things got totally out of hand. Either we were there firsthand, we experienced it, or someone told us about it, and so we come in with this understanding. Perhaps you came here tonight, and and you've been in a church setting where all the, the entire time that you were in that church setting, you know, you've always known, you've always understood that that gift is no longer used today. It's not necessary. It's no longer used today, and so you come in, you think, well, that's It's not a needful gift. But again, I I challenge you not to take my word. Don't take the word of another pastor or even commentator. Look at the word of God and discern it yourself. What does the word of God say and speak about these things? We spoke a little bit, I believe, about that last week, about when these things will will pass away. And we'll be getting into that uh, even more so as we get into chapter 13, and then we move on into chapter 14. Primarily, there's only two words that are translated tongue or tongues within your New Testament. There, There are two Greek words, dialectos and glossae. Dialectos and glossae. Now, of those, and this is where I don't have a a PowerPoint for you, but I've got tons and tons of scripture passages that would be great for you to write down or at least look. I'll call them out. You don't need to look there, but if you want to write them down, please do, because again, it, it might help you to understand. Let's take the, the first one, dialectos, first. Dialectos is, is a word that's, that's simply translated. We get our English word, guess what, of dialect, okay? He speaks the German dialect. He speaks the Italian dialect. He speaks the Hebrew dialect. It's a, definitely, it is a known language, dialectos is a known language. We see it, in fact, I'm going to rattle off a bunch of brief instances within, primarily within the book of Acts, uh, one actually in 1 Corinthians, but listen to these for just a moment. In, In Acts chapter 1, verse 19, he's simply speaking about the language of the people. In Acts 2, 6, it says, we hear them in our own language. Uh, the same thing in two eight Acts two eight we hear our own language in Acts 
14.11, they speak about the Lyconian dialectos, the Lyconian language. In chapter 21, verse 40, it is the Hebrew dialectos, the Hebrew language. In 22, verse 2, same thing, Hebrew language, Hebrew dialectos. The book of 1 Corinthians is probably best known for its passage on love in chapter 13. You've probably heard these verses spoken at weddings, but these words on the character of love can also be applied to our relationship with God. God loved us so much that He gave His Son to stand in our place of judgment. Jesus came to this earth to live a perfect life, and then took every sin of every human being upon Himself, dying so that we didn't have to. That incredible love is available to you right now. If you want to know more about Jesus and the life of forgiveness and love He has waiting for you, please call us at 520-836-9676. You can also send us an email by visiting our website at theopenword.com. As a next step, we encourage you to find a solid Bible-based church to help you grow in your walk with God. With a special invitation regarding that, here's Pastor David. Hey, I hope that today's message has encouraged you in your faith and given you a hunger to learn more about God. If you're in the Casa Grande area and are looking for a church to attend, I'd be honored to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. You can find directions and service times by visiting theopenword.com and following the links to our church homepage. We welcome you to be a part of our time of worshiping our Creator and studying the words of the Bible verse by verse, growing closer to Him each week. Thanks, Pastor David. We are so glad you joined us today here on The Open Word. Pastor David will return to share more from the book of 1 Corinthians right here on The Open Word.